This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm James Heal and I'm joined today by Katie Balls and Fraser Nelson. Now, Katie, this morning the Prime Minister has been in North London giving a big speech. Tell us what he said. This is Rishi Sunak saying, now is the time to cut tax. Um, which immediately leads to the question, by how much, <laughs> how significant will it be, and will it be enough to satisfy both his party and potentially move the dial with the public, um, given very little else has. Now, this was a speech he had wanted to give last week, but the timing of the Supreme Court judgment, and then I think the fact it was not good news, meant that it was seen as not the right time to do it. But it is ultimately triggered by the fact he can tick one of his five priorities off um, in the fact that inflation has been halved. Um, Obviously, usual caveats on how much he can say he is responsible for this. In the speech, uh, Rishi Sunak says, effectively, I think the point of it is to say, I've given you the hard medicine. He used the speech to say, you know, some did not think you had to do the hard work to get to the point that you can cut tax, which seemed to be a job both at you know, the Liz Trust Premiership, perhaps some of the things Team Boris Johnson had wanted him to do during his time as Chancellor, and then also Labour to a degree. But because uh, you know he had been disciplined and sensible, they're now in a place to start reducing the tax burden going forward. And this is, of course, ahead of Wednesday's autumn statement. Now, in terms of how far this will go, I think that it was quite clear from the Jeremy Hunt round on Sunday that there is a change in the mood music when it comes to personal tax cuts. And it was only just a few months ago where Jeremy Hunt and Richard Sunak would continually said, you know, now is not the time to cut personal taxes. It's still the case that the autumn statement's main focuses are on business taxes and investment and also out of work. That was, you know, trying to attract investment. I think you combine what Jeremy Hunter said, saying nothing is off the table, which perhaps is raising expectations a bit too much, and what Rishi Sunak says today. And the question is, how will, what shape will this take? Income tax, potentially. You remember in the Rishi Sunak leadership contest, he wanted to reduce it to 16p. Um, is this going to be the start of a stepping route there? I think in that speech, it was very much... We can cut tax, but we will do it in the way that we have got here, slow, sustainable. And I think when you've had these internal discussions between number 10 and number 11 about what's going to be in the autumn statement, because the spring budget isn't far behind, and um, potentially March, for example, ahead of an election year, you have a situation where lots of the measures, it's just a case of not so much will we do this, but is the time to do it this week or is the time to do it in the new year? And therefore, I think it's going to be a, a linked journey when it comes to getting that pre-election message. So Fraser, obviously, Jerry Hunt and Rishi Sunak are very keen to make out that this is going to be a vindication of their economic strategy, of their fiscal prudence over the past month, few months. Is that the case? It's not, and I'm not sure we should take either of them seriously. What they're saying simply doesn't square with the basic figures. I mean, the interesting thing about tax is you don't really have to ask yourself, is this politician telling the truth or not? You can go on to their own stated figures, their own stated projections. Uh, We had the budget in March, and at that time, they were saying that the tax burden um, at the moment, it's um, something like 35.5% of GDP. They planned to take it up to 37%, 38%. 
of GDP. Now, unless they are saying this has changed, we will absolutely be in a trajectory of a tax burden rising to the highest it's been in our peacetime history. What they might do is basically cut one form of taxation, increase another one. The overall tax burden is going up significantly. Now, are we led to believe today that they have had an about um, turn? That when we get the um, autumn statement of Wednesday, we're going to look at these forecasts and think, rather than a forecast of increasing tax burden, it's going to be decreasing. I suspect not. And I suspect this is one of these situations which you can get as we approach an election, where the words politicians use become ever more steadily detached from the reality. You can see why, of course, they would crave vindication. The idea that we, you know, if it isn't hurting, it isn't working, then yes, it hurt, yes, it worked. The John Major government tried to do that, not particularly convincingly, but they had a good old amount of time from 92 to 97 to go through to the the, the medicine being applied and the, and the dividends and the green of recovery coming along. Rishi Sunak has had barely a year, barely a year, and in that time, it is simply impossible to say that you managed to implement a serious economic reform, let alone harvest the dividends from it. So to pretend that you can condense this um, pain and results um, cycle into 12 months is not to be taken seriously. Um, and when you look at our economic growth, flat this year, pretty miserable. Next year, um, we're led to believe less than 2%, and then just 2.5% the year after that. So it's not the case that as a result of what he was planning, um, we're going to get better economic growth. We're getting to the stage now where um, having been shorn of actually hard results, they're just switching to a more daring verbal passage. And personally, I wish Rishi Sunak well. I wish that we could take these lies and make them true, as um, George Michael put it, but not in this case. Would you like some tax to be cut on Wednesday then, Fraser? Um, would I like? Yeah, of course I would like some tax to be cut. And I've got a, I'm more optimistic than Rishi Sunak is about the ability of tax cuts to stoke economic growth. But he is very sceptical about that and fought his leadership campaign on that. Indeed, his lesson that he took away from the Liz Truss period was that tax cuts do not create growth. Of course, and again, I regard that, unfortunately, as a false analysis, because what Truss did was massive borrowing for energy subsidies. It wasn't for tax cuts. But this whole Sunakite project is based on the assumption that tax cuts don't work as a growth tool. So to switch to that now would be rather different to the message he was giving in summer last year when he was running for premiership. Though he has always said, hasn't he, that he wants to reduce the tax burden, but the problem is because it's been delayed so many times, people have just given up any faith that he that he actually is this low-tax Tory. So I remember you know, some cabinet colleagues when he was chancellor saying, you know, it's almost just... It's it's uh, almost like he enjoys the pain of pretending he's low tax and never actually going there. But if we were to start getting that journey, I just wonder, as in, would you then take any of those claims that seriously, or do you think he's waited too long, or it's going to be too insignificant? Well, by and large, um, what a politician will do is produce a graph saying things are going to get pretty bad for the next two or three years, and all of a sudden they start to get good and the tax burden goes down. For example, one of Rishi Sunak's five pledges is to cut um, debt, for example. Now, when you ask how he's going to do that, because all his figures showing debt going up massively, he'll point you to a graph saying in about four or five years' time he would intend debt to start coming down, therefore he's cutting debt. So I think, really, you, you cannot place, you cannot tick the box of taxes coming down if the plan is to do it in two or three years' time. I mean, the chances of him being prime minister then are um, 
not great. And in that speech, he also set out five long-term promises for the future. And it's something I think both Fraser and I have written about, the fact they want to do five priorities and another five. And this appears to be that. So he said today, his five long-term promises for the future, one, reducing debt, two, cutting tax, three, securing energy, four, backing British business, and five, world-class education. Um, Now, I think quite quickly, if he is doing that, does that suggest they think they have achieved the other five? In the social media from the Prime Minister, he said, well, look, because I've achieved inflation and I'm working on the other ones, I think the the phrasing is, I'm going to set out a plan so we can continue to stop the boats, given what a headache that is going to be. I don't think anyone number 10 is seriously claiming they've stopped it yet. They like to talk up the idea that, uh, you know, boat crossings are down on when they were last year and so forth. But it's certainly, I don't think, in the place where they can claim it or are completely claiming it, it is done. I think what these five promises do is you can see them always trying to shift the focus to other areas. Um, world-class education, that clearly goes to um, one of the conference speeches, the British standard, which, if the polls are anything to come go by, will never actually reach this country. Um, securing energy and other things. So I think with these, it, it seems, just by looking at them, they're probably areas where they're more comfortable and easier to talk about as ambitions you can say you can point to lots of things to say you're backing British business it's not as clear-cut a target as that on NHS backlogs it's not as clear-cut on stopping the boats um, and similarly when it comes to growth and the growth forecast for next year aren't particularly good you know they're much easier to hold those previous five priorities into account by the Prime Minister. This seems much more so, here are my ambitions and areas I'm the most positive and I can talk around them how I like. So perhaps they're learning some lessons of how much of a headache the original five priorities have proven to be. Perhaps the next difficulty was the fuss he made when he delivered these five pledges in January, saying that um, I I ask you to judge me by these five pledges. He was really heavy on that language. If they, if these pledges are met, I am not delivering for you. Again, his language. Now, these pledges have not been met. So one of them has the inflation, the other four have not. And his problem is now that we're unlikely to really forget that we have been asked to judge him on the fact that four out of these five things haven't happened and he's moving on to another five. So the credibility aspect, the sort of, you may not think I'm the most, the most inspiring man, but I will deliver for you. That was fundamentally part of the original Sunak proposition. We're seeing the falling away of that now. And the introduction of a new message, I will put us on a path of getting what we want. And being put in a path is very different to saying, I will do these things for you, but that is... That is the change which I think has just happened today. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots.